You're listening to the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast, a podcast designed to help female entrepreneurs like you stand out authentically and genuinely on social media. I want to get you creating the social media content that may be imperfect for others, but it's right for you and your business. I'm your host, Kirsten Jordan. I'm a social media content strategist, and I'm excited you are here today. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Perfectly Imperfect Social. I am here with a guest today, Michelle Datis, who is a video expert, and I know you always have a lot of questions about videos. So we are going to dig into all things video today because we have the right person to talk to us about it. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's going to be a great conversation. Yes, I can't. it is. And you know, I like to debate my guests sometimes. <laughs> no, I didn't know no. that. I'm good. I'm up for a debate today. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm a friendly debater, but my podcast editor tells me she always laughs because she's like, you always have a lot of opinions. And I'm like, well, I do. Cause I think it's really neat to talk about, you know, different perspectives, but I promise I'm not okay. (laughs) I love opinions. Let's do it. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. What exactly is a video expert? That's a good question. So I've been in business for about 17 years. I've had my own video production and marketing firm. So in terms of a video expert, so I help brands gain online visibility and convert to sales through video. So through strategic video campaigns, I also teach some great online courses that help you get comfortable on camera. Mm. There's so many people that are so fearful of the lens and it's totally normal. And I also have another course called grow your business with video, also an online course. So that's me as a video expert. Wow. I didn't know you did courses. And you're right. I know with a lot of the female entrepreneurs that I work with that video seems kind of scary and something that people know they need to do, but they're sometimes a little bit fearful of how to do it. So I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later on. But first, I want to put you in the hot seat. What makes a good video versus a bad video these days? That's a great question. I like the hot seat. It is hot. (laughs) (laughs) So what makes a good, you want to start with the good or you want to start with the bad? Let's start with the bad. The bad. Okay. So what makes a bad video? So I don't know if you've noticed specifically, usually with lives, sometimes with tape videos that people tend to ramble. You don't know what they're talking about. They're just going on and on and on and your attention span's gone. So if you see somebody who doesn't or who hasn't prepared their key messages ahead of time, you'll find that a video is just going left, right and sideways. Mm. So there's no clear messaging, there's no call to action, they're just rambling. So that's one. Another thing I'd say for bad video is bad lighting and Mm -hmm. bad sound. I think sound is almost worse than bad lighting. People are usually forgiving, especially now, but when you have bad sound, people are not so interested and the average attention span is eight seconds. So we really need to make good videos to capture attention. My podcast editor is going to love you for saying bad sound. (laughs) (laughs) She's on at me to move away from doing zoom for my podcast recording. So you're, you're getting in my head now too. So (laughs) bad sound is worse than bad lighting. 
I think so. I think people are a lot more forgiving. If you can't hear specifically if it is something, you know, we can use captioning. That's different if it's a different kind of video. But if someone's specifically vlogging or speaking to camera and it's bad sound if they're outside, like sometimes people shoot videos outside and you hear the rustling of trees or wind, you know, it's not going to resonate and you're going to lose the actual message. So I, I definitely think bad sound and then bad lighting. So you don't want to be shooting in a dark closet. You want to try and position yourself against a window, get some good lighting. Do you face the window or do you? Beside. Always go beside. Always go beside. Don't go behind because it'll blow you out. It'll mean like you'll, it'll have like a glare, almost like a picture if you see like it's blown out and then try not to go in front either. So the best is the side. If you can see I'm sitting beside a window, mm-hmm. I know no one can see that because we're speaking, but I am beside a window and then usually She's very well lit everybody. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can get a not natural light source, like a lamp or a ring light to light up the other side of your face. Hmm. So okay. that's what I re- would recommend. Natural light is always the best. Okay, good to know. So what makes a good video then? There you go. So what makes a good video would be the opposite. Good sound, good lighting, somebody who's smiling, who's enthusiastic about what they're talking about, who has great energy. We want to see something really dynamic in the background, something interesting to look at. You know, talking head videos where someone's just rambling on, for me personally, back to that eight eight second attention span, you lose me versus something that perhaps is professionally edited or not, you know, even you could do it yourself where you do something called B-roll, which is Mm -hmm. adding visuals to what you're talking about. And that just, again, it engages the eye, right? It just boring, right? But if Mm -hmm. you can put some interesting visuals to what you're talking about, you're going to have a win-win video. I'm thinking in my head here, you can probably see it, um, is that, do you think that you know, right now, as we're talking, we're obviously in the middle of the pandemic, are people more forgiving now with bad videos? Like you mentioned a little bit that, you know, the lighting, maybe people can forgive a bit more than the sound. Do you think the video landscape has changed since COVID has hit? It's definitely changed. I think people are forgiving depending on the purpose and intent of the video. Mm. But what I mean by that is if you decide to shoot a brand video and I can explain what a brand mm-hmm. video is and place that on your website that you shoot on your phone, people are not going to be forgiving. So what a brand video is, is basically an explanation of the product or service that you sell, as well as the feature and benefits and a call to action to motivate people to take action and buy your product or service. So I would say that you really have to think about the intent, but mm-hmm. if it's just, you know, you're speaking to camera, it's a vlog. Yes, they'll be forgiving. Lots of videos, even myself, I'm shooting now on Zoom and I'm editing just because people are not comfortable meeting in person to film. So there is forgiveness. However, even though I am filming on Zoom still, I am again, you know, lighting, I'm teaching people how to um, construct home studios. Mm. uh, So that we still can edit it professionally. We're still packaging things as professionally as possible. So yes, forgiveness, but let's keep in mind what the intent of the video is. If it's mm-hmm. for social media, yes, people are more forgiving. If it's for an actual selling piece or asset or tool, I would say they're less forgiving. 
So I would say that, you know, a lot of videos at the moment, take Instagram, for example, they have so many different ways that you can use video, you know, live, you've got your stories, you've got your IGTV, you've got reels now. So a lot of videos are are being taken for social media purposes. And so do you think that people are more forgiving with a bad social media video? So again, I guess that's a good question. So if you're an influencer or you're someone who posts regularly on social media Mm -hmm. and your quality of videos have always been amazing and all of a sudden they're not anymore, then I don't know if they're going to be forgiving. However, if you're just new to the game and they're less polished, then yes, absolutely. To your point, I would say that people are more forgiving, especially right now for social media videos. And the other fun thing is, yes, if you have a poorly lit video you can also use filters you can do so many great things to still amp up that level of video for social media i think one of the things that you know because the social media industry has really embraced video and and know that it's it is a great format content format that people can use to really bring to life what it is that they sell and do as a business when would someone would you say say you know what I should be talking to someone like Michelle versus I'm going to hold up my phone and video myself kind of selfie style. Like when would a good brand video benefit someone from a social media perspective? That's a really good question. So I think every single business Mm -hmm. should have a brand video. So I don't know if there is a right time, but I think a brand video is going to get a professionally shot brand video is going to get you more engagement on social media because it is polished. Mm-hmm. So there isn't a right time, but there needs to be some time and it needs to be at the top of your priority list, in my opinion. And what's great about a brand video is that it can be placed in so many different ways and platforms. It can go on all the platforms. It could be re-edited. It could be, you know, in your newsletters, on your website. So I, I just think that's an integral piece of content is a brand video because that's your biggest selling tool besides your website. So the brand video should sit on your website. Mm-hmm. But that's your sales tool, your that's number your one sales sales tool. tool, in my opinion. Okay. And that you will say that you can pull it over easily to social media and use it in different ways. Because I think where, where my head goes, and this is the debatey Kirsten coming out, that, you know, obviously having a brand video done is an investment, right? And I'm just thinking about like, how many different ways could you use the same video? So is there ways that you can slice and dice it for social, would you say? Absolutely. So I would say a typical brand video is between a minute and a minute and a half in length. You could go up to two minutes, but the sweet spot is about a minute and a half. And And if you think about that, you could easily cut that video. Forgive me with math. It's not my greatest subject, but (laughs) it's not mine either. (laughs) Let's say you cut it in pieces of 15 to 20 seconds each. Mm. So you have about five pieces of content. Mm. Anybody can you know, figure out my math and probably say I'm wrong. But yeah, so you could have five different pieces of content, you could, you know, take even an alternate cut that didn't make the brand video, or you can recut the actual brand video for all the different Mm. platforms. Okay, I like that. And I think where where my mind is, is also going, predominantly on this podcast, we do focus on organic social media up until now. But I could see how a tool like a brand video could be very powerful from an ads perspective, right? Because chances are, that's going to look a little bit more polished and inviting than me standing in my kitchen, taking a video, for example, people might be more apt to click on that if they saw that come up in their feed from an ad perspective, I would say. 
Absolutely. And we do do that often where we're asked to do a brand video and then recut for a 15, 20 second mm. ad, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, we're often asked to do that. So that's okay. part of okay. a frequent ask. And social media in terms of video, I think is imperative. You have to have that as part of your content mm -hmm. plan and strategy. If you don't, I don't know what to say if you don't, but basically <laughs> video is the number one way, especially right now to engage with people. Unfortunately, we can't meet face to face. So how are you going to connect? And that's through mm -hmm. video. Video dominates algorithms. So mm -hmm. you want to definitely make sure that you are doing video. I understand that there is a bit of an investment by hiring mm -hmm. a professional. So it's always great to maybe bulk your content and get a better rate that way. But when you're not doing professional video, still do video nonetheless on your own and mm -hmm. do it as often as you can. You know, once a day is ideal. I know that's a lot to digest for some people. Yeah. <laughs> a couple times a week would be great. If you could post a video twice a week, and that could be a combination of what you mentioned, a live, a story, IGTV, LinkedIn, whatever it is, just try and do it a couple times a week. I think one of the things... Like I know when I do videos that I struggle with is I don't know where to look. And I feel that we're our own, I would say like we're our own worst critic, right? So when I, you know, I've filmed videos of myself for my course. And then when I watch them back, I'm like, oh God, I'm not, I'm not looking at the camera properly. Is there an easy way to rectify that? I'm going to give you my million dollar trick. Okay. I want okay. it. I need it. Okay. So what you're going to do is before you do that, you're going to put a piece of tape of where you think you should look, whether it's on your uh, phone or your computer, take a picture. If that's right, that's where you're looking. Leave the piece of tape there. If it's not, let's say your focus is, you know, higher or lower, mm -hmm. just the piece of tape, take the photo again and then leave it there. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. I'm going to try that because I mean, I know where my probably my downfall is I do look up a lot. So I'm like, okay, that might help me. <laughs> yeah. And then back to the forgiving piece. So people are not going to be like, Oh, wow, Kristen was looking five centimeters too high than the lens. Let's not watch this video. <laughs> I think people are very forgiving for that kind of stuff. So okay. not to worry that is in your head for sure. Okay, so that's a great trick. Going back to what you said about what makes a good video and the fact that people's attention spans are really short these days is people are not getting to the, the call to action or the key messages right away. Is that something they should be saying in the first eight seconds so that it kind of hooks people in? Absolutely. You want to tease to the most important part of your video. If you're going to talk about your five most important tips on whatever it is, or an unbelievable offer that you must buy by October 31st, <laughs> and you want to say it right at the beginning and then repeat it at the end. It's good to know. Okay. Don't give away uh, the whole farm though. <laughs> don't give away the whole farm. So I think one of the things that, you know, I talked about the fact of where you look on videos, that's something that people struggle with. But I think people struggle with the setup as well. So, you know, you're at home, you're trying to set it up yourself. Are there any tips and tricks around how to set yourself up for success? Absolutely. So one of the things I mentioned earlier was try and find a natural light source being the side a window. Mm. So key lighting is key. The other thing I'll just remind you of is an interesting decluttered, colorful background shooting up against a plain white or plain beige wall has zero visual interest for your eyes. So if you have a bright painting, 
you know, mm. in front of it, as long as it's not a Picasso or something recognizable where you could be sued, but that's another story. <laughs> but something, you know, abstract that you could do, or if you have a bookshelf, you know, mm. arrange it neatly with some little props, like, you know, fresh flowers or succulents or whatever it is, awards, whatever it is, do something like that. But you want to have an interesting background and you want to sort of position your camera in a place that allows you to get a sense of where you're filming and, you know, figure out again, I think you were mentioning, you don't want to be filming videos in your closet, in the kitchen, in the bathroom, like try and figure out a place that that's my thing, Michelle, in the bathroom, no, in the kitchen. (laughs) That's my thing. I don't know why you're okay with filming in the kitchen. It's fine. But just position the camera so that you know you're not seeing the dirty sink you know you can see the beautiful kitchen cabinets behind you and maybe you know there's a basket of colorful fruit that's fine but let's try and fake it so it's not actually the kitchen unless on the flip side you're shooting a video about food so what I'm trying to say is exactly so figure out what the intent of your video is and if your background makes sense I've seen like the bookshelf thing I feel is becoming increasingly popular. Maybe it's because we're all at home right now. But a lot of the videos that I do actually, I would say, gravitate toward, Sasha Exeter actually comes to mind. She always films in front of her bookshelf, I feel. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is visually interesting. Yeah. Subconsciously, I'm like, oh, like it's a nice bookshelf. Um, also by shooting against a bookshelf, if you have books in them, there's like this sort of thought that you're an expert you're positioning yourself as an expert. If you ever see often lawyer videos or doctor videos, they always have like bookshelves behind them. You know, you know what you're talking about because you're in front of a bookshelf and you've, you're well read with all your books. Do you think videos should be longer than a minute and a half then? Because some people do ramble on. (laughs) That's a yes and no. So if, again, it depends on intent. If you're doing a YouTube channel, you want someone to be watching for 10 minutes and then you can monetize. So it just depends on the intent, right? If you're doing a how-to video and it's very labor intensive, let's say you're baking a cake or you're crafting something, they can go beyond a minute and a half because it might take longer than a minute and a half to explain your process and the how-to part. But if it's a brand video or social media video that's just trying to give you a quick tip, I would really stick to a minute and a half just because of that attention span, eight second Mm -hmm. rule. Yeah, I, I think about even actually podcasts, to be honest, like when they're super lengthy, my attention span goes down. That's why I try to keep mine shorter. That's my own personal thing. But I find that sometimes when things go on and on, it's, yeah, you do drop the attention span. And then going back to the fact that getting your key messages in, your call to action at the beginning, it is a really good trip because you might lose people who don't watch to the end of the video, right? Yeah, you will. There's, I mean, if you look at stats and analytics of, you know, it's usually the first, you have 10 seconds, usually the first 10 seconds, and then there's this crazy drop off rate. Take a look at analytics, really interesting when you actually post videos and see where your drop off rate is. And then you'll kind of figure out where the sweet spots are. There's like 10 seconds, I think there's 30 seconds and a minute 20. I think Mm -hmm. those are the benchmarks but yeah podcast too like you have to figure out where are people listening so they're probably listening when they have 20 minutes on their lunch break mm-hmm. or just before bed or if they're taking a walk so they probably don't have an hour and a half to listen to a podcast no no I don't think they do <laughs> at least not right now <laughs> thinking about my <laughs> own life I'm like no I don't have that 
Okay. So mainly the people that listen to this podcast, are, they're busy. They're women. Chances are they have young kids at home or kids that they're trying to get ready for school or homeschooling. They might not have a lot of time in their life at the moment for video creation, but they know it's something that they need to do. How could someone get started without feeling overwhelmed? Because you did say, you know, showing up once a day or at least a few times a week. So great question. And I think it's just about scheduling your time. So mm-hmm. you can say once a week, let's say every it's back to content planning mm-hmm. every week on Wednesday, for example, if that's your day that you have an hour, you're going to shoot five videos on your phone. You're going to change your top. Mm-hmm. So it looks like five. Come back times. to that. Yeah. Yeah. Or your body. Well, it depends how you're shooting it, but you're going to change your top. You're going to maybe change your earrings and you're going to shoot five videos that you're going to have for the entire week or entire two weeks. And that's how you're going to get around it. It's called bulk shooting. You're and a I batching can- fan. I can tell. Batching. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Not for cooking. Let's be straight. Okay. Just for videoing. So are there colors actually that you should wear that perform well on video? Just because you mentioned the clothes changing and the earrings. So again, no one can see us, but I have to give you an A plus. So is that like a burnt orange that you're wearing? It's a ratty orange. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a burnt orange. So jewel tones, like the color I'm wearing, nobody mm-hmm. can see. It. So an electric blue, a deep fuchsia, a deep purple, jade green, anything that's really a jewel tone. Oprah always mm-hmm. talks about it. So those are the best on camera. You could do navy, you could do gray, but definitely shy away from white shy away from bright red and shy away from black. Sometimes it depends if you're shooting up against a black background, you have to watch again, if you're wearing black, you could disappear. So jewel tones, no bold patterns that makes the camera go wacko mm-hmm. and, and no logos unless you're promoting something. One of the things I hear a lot from people is that they hate the sound of their voice on video. Is that something that you hear or do people just need to work on getting over that? Because I think we are our own worst critics. Just the voice thing I hear quite a lot of like, oh, I hate how I sound on camera. So that's why I don't do it or I'm not good at it. Those are real fears or real doubts or real whatever. And it is all in our heads Mm -hmm. for sure. I do hear it all the time. I will say that unless you're a trained actor, don't think that you should feel comfortable or sound great. Those people are paid the big bucks to show up every day. It's all about practice. Unfortunately, I can't change the sound of your voice, but if you hydrate and you keep doing it, it just becomes like riding a bike. It's just Mm -hmm. practice, practice, practice. You'll feel more comfortable. You'll look more comfortable. It'll just become like brushing your teeth eventually. So any final tips or any of your favorite tips or tricks with video that you can share before we wrap up? Basically, I'm going to say it over and over again. Just do it. Just keep doing it. The more you're going to do it, the better you're going to get. Have fun. Don't take yourself so seriously. Just press the record key. No one is going to judge you. Again, we're in a world of a pandemic. We're in a world of video being the only way to connect. People want to see you. They want to hear from you. It's about being top of mind. The more top of mind, the more you're going to connect, the more sales you're going to make. There's no regret. you know. And if you're not comfortable with lives right now, Mm -hmm. you'll get there eventually and that's okay. But pre-record and you can record 10 times, post the 10th one. It doesn't really matter. Just do it. That's a great tip. How can people find out more about you? You mentioned courses or are you running them right now or 
So if you do need professional video, you can reach me at my video production and marketing firm at mdmediainc.com, mm-hmm. as well as on social media. And for those courses about comfortable on camera and grow your business with video, you can reach me at my personal brand site, which is michelledatis.com. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. This was great. Very insightful. <laughs> and I need I need to do I always say like I'm going to do more videos and then I don't do more videos, but I do need to do more videos. Now I know how to look at the camera or I'm going to practice that tip that you gave because that is something that I personally struggle with. But yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me and can't wait to see your videos. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast. If you like what you've heard, I'd love for you to leave me a review or to subscribe so you can make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes. And I'd love to continue the conversation over on Instagram at Kirsten Jordan Digital. Until next time, keep being perfectly imperfect.